Welcome to another episode of Repeater. My name is Evan. And I'm Pat. And today in the studio, we have actor, oh. comedian, and musician, Uh-oh. Kevin Cobbs. How you doing? Hello. Hey, guys. Hey, Kev. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Uh, I'm excited to be here and talk about rock and roll music. <laughs> oh, good. You're here for the right show. <laughs> yeah, this one's a rocker. <laughs> yeah. Um, how you doing? Ah, good. I rode my bike here. A uh, lovely night for a bike ride. That's great. It's a little, a little wet, but yeah. otherwise, it's it's good. Kind of spitting out. Not moist. not spitting. It's just the ground's a little slick. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Uh, but good yeah, time. I'm good. Um, uh, uh, that's that's it. That's it, man. <laughs> you got. I, you have an election on your mind. Oh yes, uh, they're doing an election in my hometown of Atlanta, Georgia, right now yeah probably when you're listening to this it will be long over (laughs) atlanta will have a new mayor by the time you hear this uh and it will be a woman we know Mm. that but Mm -hmm. that's all we know yeah you'll Uh, either be excited uh very upset or you won't care because you're not from atlanta (laughs) i mean i'll to be honest i'll hardly care and i'm from atlanta so uh, and unless there's like a huge write-in candidate that upsets everything, I mm-hmm. think it will be one of the two women that are in the runoff. But right. you never know. There could be a big write-in for like, uh, who would be, who's a funny Atlanta celebrity to have write, <laughs> written in? I couldn't tell Elton you. Elton John? Elton John, Elton yeah. John, He's got yeah. a home there. There you yeah. go. Believe it or not. That'd be hilarious. Yeah. And <laughs> uh, yeah, I got an election on my mind. Just went on a road trip. Ooh, yeah. And it was very musical because I went to Nashville. I went to Memphis slash Graceland. Cool. And nice. I went to New Orleans, or as they say, Nolens. Nolens. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I was just down there as well. We missed each other by about a day, I right. think. Um, they but got, we'll, they, yeah. They got good music down They got there. great music. Yeah. They got great music. Uh, yeah. We'll get into the South. Probably a little okay. later. <laughs> uh, you know what the show is? We talk about a song that uh, means a lot to you. But to start us off, we're going to talk about something we've been listening to very recently. Pat, you want to get us going? Sure. Um, I have been listening to, and by recently, I mean within the past half an hour, okay. a lot of uh, Lizzo. Uh-huh. Um, Lizzo is incredible. I do not know anything about her. Um, but her music videos are great, and she has a song called Batches and Cookies, wow. which is currently stuck in my head, uh, and it's just about batches and cookies. Batches, like batches of cookies? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And is what's an artist you would compare her to, oh, just boy. for someone like me who doesn't know anything about this? Um, I think, so I was listening to Queen Latifah the other day, and I would say that's what sort of was the jumping off point to this. Okay. Yeah. Female rap, hip hop. Yeah, yeah, cool. Batches and cookies. It's so good. You know, I'm a big fan of batches. I'm a bigger fan of. <laughs> well, then so. this song is for you. Oh, yeah, you, you're you're interested in the end product. Yeah, but let's be honest. <clears throat> the the music video is hysterical too because like, they're it the. I'm stumbling over the words because it is such a complex video for a song that most of the lyrics are just batches and cookies. Mm. I got my batches and cookies. And they hit a point in the video where there's a man, I don't know who he is, Uh but Lizzo and her friend are just smearing butter all over him. 
It was me. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's great. Uh, I've been listening to Berhana, uh, who is a, an R&B artist, put out his first EP, maybe like last year, um, but formerly was like an improv comedian in New York. <laughs> Do you remember, uh, Kevin might know, Amain Berhane or Berhan? who was on Rizzo, a famed Lloyd team at UCB uh, East. Uh, okay. I mean, I know Rizzo. I know a couple people who are on that team. I, yeah. don't, I think I may have seen this person He was like a young gun. He kind of like, I think was just out of 401 or something and uh-huh. got onto a Lloyd team. And they were, sorry, anyone else, but they were the best Lloyd team for that year. They, ooh, they killed. Ooh, wow. Um, That's controversial. No, I don't I don't think it is. Okay. <laughs> they were like the team everyone thought was going to get promoted to Harold Knight, and instead they got totally broken up, and several members never did improv again. Oh, that's a bummer. Not never did improv again, but stepped away from the house team system for sure. But um, Amain was one of them, and he like was like, I'll just focus on music instead, and is, I think, like a rising star of the R&B world. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I only, no- no- uh, only noticed this because last week I think he played his first show in New York, and some other members of like the improv community were there and posting pictures on Instagram. And I was like, oh shit, a man's got music out and immediately just went to Apple music and listened to it. And was like, holy shit, this is really good. <laughs> so I'll, I'll shout out the song. Janet in particular is a really good song. All um, right. Yeah. Berhana, check them out. Okay. I, I should follow that career path. That yeah. sounds a lot more fulfilling. <laughs> um, uh, Kev, my anything? turn. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, I guess, to be honest, I've been on a bit of an Elvis kick lately. Nice. Because of the road trip that I mentioned earlier in the podcast. So what was the uh, impetus of the road trip? Uh, and just, who was there? Just Papa's, Papa's son, Daddy's son road trip. <laughs> nice. I met my dad down there in Nashville, and then we drove around and ended up back in Atlanta for Thanksgiving. Um, but in addition to Elvis, because I don't think anyone's listening to this hasn't heard of Elvis, <laughs> Um, I've listened to a lot of, uh, uh, always listen to, there's a great band from Atlanta called Gringo Star. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Dumb name. Good band. Great. Okay. is another good Atlanta band. And then A Giant Dog from Texas. Ooh. Great band. That's great. great. Uh, you know, fast <clears throat> rock and roll. Nice. Good music. Nice. Um. Oh, and. Yeah. Just because you guys mentioned you mentioned hip hop and it was just a fun song called Batches and Cookies. I've been listening to uh, Lil Yachty, Cold Like Minnesota. Do you know that one? <laughs> I don't know it. It's but just, I know Lil Yachty. Cold like Minnesota. Cold like I should you know, I won't I'll I'll let Lil Yachty <laughs> do it, but it's a fun song. Yeah. I'll it's a good song name too. Yeah. It's uh it doesn't really tell you any new information about the world. <laughs> I, don't think people think, I assume Minnesota's cold. Yeah. Well. But not that many people are rapping about it, probably. No. That would be my guess. I um, agree. Yeah. I think uh, Lizzo is also from uh, that part of the country. I think she's maybe out of Milwaukee. Or okay. Maybe she's from Minneapolis. Yeah, I think um, that sounds right. But yeah. I could tell you in one second when my computer brings it up. Um, but Kev, what is... Yeah, she's from Minneapolis. There you go. All right, so she knows. They know. She probably knows even better than Lil Yachty because he's not from there. Oh, yeah. She knows for sure. Yeah, she could probably do like an, <laughs> an answer 
track, you know, yeah. right. telling him, like, yeah, shut you're right. Up, <laughs> or, shut <laughs> or, yeah, you're right. <laughs> Yo, I got this track right here for Lil Yachty. <laughs> you are right. <laughs> yeah. Correct. That'd be great. Uh, yeah. What song did you want to talk about with us about today? Well, you know, it's a track that I, um, I've been playing a lot lately and it's by the Stone Roses and it's called She Bangs the Drums. Cool. And, uh, let's, uh, let's listen to a clip of it. Okay. Oh yeah. Yeah. British, right? Yeah. British from Manchester. And I love that guitar sound. And then here we go. Kick it in hard right here. Yeah. Uh, Rennie, great drummer. I mean, this track doesn't really showcase his drums like some of the other tracks. There's two guys in this band with one name, right? Uh, Yeah, Manny and Rennie. Manny and Rennie. And John Squire, great guitar player. Listen to that guitar sound. Very jangly. Jangly. I like the jangly. And like real reverby vocals uh-huh. from Ian Brown. I think partially because he's not a very good singer, <laughs> but he's, I like his style. Yeah. Yeah, hot take. <laughs> he's yeah. not a great singer. He probably isn't. Uh, well, I've just seen, I would love to see them live, but I've seen live clips mm-hmm. and it's like, whoa, that's pitchy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, great. So we're going to guess why you chose this song. Okay. And then you'll tell us why you really did. Okay. Um, I think I'll go out on a limb. It's not really the right time period, uh, for this to be a a father son track, (laughs) but, but, uh, from what I can tell, you got a pretty cool dad. And if he had remained on the cutting edge of music when you were a wee kid, then this might've been a, an album because this was their debut, right? And it was a big album. Mm-hmm. So this might have been like a cool current track that he was playing around the house when you were a kid. That's um, my guess. Okay. Uh, my guess is you're a little bit older. So like, let's say middle school. Uh-huh. And yeah. you were trying to find your way through life and you picked up a guitar and you're like, I need to play in the Battle of the Bands. <laughs> and I'm not going to play just any other song. But my dad has this one record, and I like this song, uh-huh. and that's how I'm going to become the king of my middle school. Yeah, those are both right. No, those are, <laughs> both totally wrong. But there are aspects to both of them that are right. Uh, <laughs> All right, let's so, uh, let's hear it. Well, got a cool dad, and he's he had a huge record collection when I was growing up because he was a radio DJ. And uh, that's that was in like the that's where my parents met was working at a radio station huh. and he did that. And then when I was a kid, he was he stopped doing that, but he would work his day job and then at night he would pick up shifts at um this club called Ruggles and I still have the jacket from <laughs> yeah, it yeah. I think you've yeah, seen. I've seen it. And he was like a DJ at the Marriott and that was like the club in the Marriott. Oh. So he definitely like had tons of music around all the time and he played guitar. I told him actually I was coming on a music a podcast about music and he wanted me to name drop his high school band. <laughs> which was yes, which was uh the generation. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, and that's he, a good name. <laughs> good name. Good name. Um and he had something else he wanted me to say, but I was like, Yeah, I'll 
I'll be sure to do that real sarcastically, <laughs> and here I am doing it. <laughs> um, but no, uh, he didn't. He was definitely not on the cutting edge when right. I was. Uh, he was more. I think, like a lot of people, I think his music um, intake, modern music intake, stopped about the time he had started having kids. Mm-hmm. So uh, he's just like into the oldies and stuff, but. There, it is like Brit rock, mm-hmm. Brit pop, or whatever the hell you call that. So that's probably part of why I like it. Yeah. And no, I didn't do Battle of the Bands. I wish I had been that cool that I had done that and like picked an obscure song. Yeah, this would have been a song that had anyone played it at a high school Battle of the Bands just would have silenced. Like no one would have recognized <laughs> it or wanted to hear it. And no. it just would have been so like self-satisfying for the only the band. Yeah. And probably one or two kids in the band only. But that's like my, like we both did a Battle of the Bands mm-hmm. recently. And every song I suggested, <clears throat> the other people in my band were like, no one's going to know or want to hear that. Yeah. And I was like, but I want to play it. Yeah. As, um, as adults, I have realized that it's like no one gives a shit what your taste is. Yeah. Just like make the audience happy. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but in high school, you have like a lot to prove by right. which cover songs you choose to select. Right. And yeah. But no, I mean, um, I only, I really only picked the song because I, I fucking love it. <laughs> I actually didn't even discover this band until like within the last two years. Yeah. I didn't realize how huge they were. And then... Just got really. I I think that album that this track is on is like one of the best albums. Yeah, and it's also a cool band because they came out with this huge. They had this huge album, made this huge splash in Britain, and then just like through like contract fuck ups. Yeah, kind of just fizzled away, and which is kind of sucky, but it's kind of cool that they right. went out with just. Oh, we have one great album and. That's pretty much That's it. That's it. <laughs> wow. Yeah, they're a... I, I mean, similarly, I've never really listened to them um, and, and or like really heard their name until the last mm-hmm. few years. But they're a name that does get kicked around a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure why in the last few years. I don't know if there's some indie bands that have been like kind of harkening back to that sound a little bit, maybe. Probably, and I think also because they, like, they reunited. They were one of those huge oh, okay. bands in England that everyone wanted to reunite, and they're like... Never gonna happen, man. Never gonna happen because they have that Mancunian that, yeah. accent mm-hmm. that I love. <laughs> it was like, never gonna happen. And then it did, and everybody yeah. lost their shit. And I think they broke up again recently, but I don't know. Yeah. Which is funny to think of like 50 <clears throat> year old dudes like, <laughs> fighting. That's it, man. I'm out of here. <laughs> but I think that might be part of the resurgence. Yeah. yeah. Well, it must be tough to also take that much time in between play, like writing those songs and mm-hmm. then not being a band at all and then being sort of thrust up onto all of these people that are way too excited. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think they still had it. Like I said, Ian Brown <clears throat> seemed pretty pitchy. <laughs> but I don't know if... Uh, I don't know if I were there live, I don't know if I would care. Yeah, I think yeah. Everybody the songs was, hold up. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's like... Uh, I think I read somewhere when looking this up that it was listed as like one of the best British albums of all time, hmm. which is pretty astounding for, you know, all, so much good music has come out of Britain. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, yeah, them just like having almost just like the one album and that's all they have to say. Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah. I do, they did. They did have like a sophomore follow up. I think it just didn't do well. It was because <clears throat> I yeah. think they took years in between because they were yeah. negotiating stuff or mm-hmm. like there were lawsuits, and then the follow up is actually has their only American hit. Like I remember the the hit off the sophomore album. Yeah, playing on the radio when I was a kid, hmm. and like on MTV, and it's not great. It's kind of forgettable, and the yeah. whole album. There's like a couple decent songs, but. It's not near as good as the first one. Yeah. They almost like oddly remind me of the zombies, even though I think, you know, their music is very different, but it's this idea of like a lot of people know one or two zombie songs, Mm -hmm. but then their first album, or maybe it's their second album, but Odyssey and Oracle. I I don't know if it's their first or second, but they only really made two albums, I think. Yeah. And that album is so good. That's one of my favorite albums ever. Yeah, and it's but it reminds me of this where it's like it's like they just had it for one album, like truly yeah. uh, nailed it. And but then yeah, people kind of know them um, and would go nuts for them to play again. Yeah, have yeah. similarly like reunited in recent years once or twice. Yeah, I think. my I think my parents saw the Zombies recently and they were like, yeah. they were great. They sounded great. <laughs> I think they're really good musicians. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's like I saw a television a few years ago. They reunited, and that was also very cool, even though I think they hadn't played music together in ages and ages and ages. But again, one of those bands that just like has one album that mm-hmm. is an absolute classic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Know? And the songs don't get bad. <laughs> like, <laughs> no. The songs are still the songs, you know? Yeah. I mean, I've listened to this kind of like, uh, probably like a lot of, I don't know how many people are like this, but I have a few friends who are where, and I was listening to an episode of yours recently with Elliot Glazer and how he described how he listens to music is the same way I do. Yeah. Which is, <laughs> I think he said it was like sort of autistic with music <laughs> where it's like you just, I'll, I'll play one track or one album over and over and yeah. over and over. And I'll listen to other stuff, but I'll kind of play it out so much that I bet if you talk to me in a year, I'll be like, oh, I don't listen to the stone roses <laughs> yeah, yeah. i'll be like i love them but i maybe maybe not but i did that with like pet sounds yeah like i listened to it too much and i still love it but i'm like i i really never need to hear yeah those songs again especially with that pet sounds re-release where or what was that smile where they had all of like the oh, yeah. um, studio tracks where it was just let's try out this bell sound yeah um but yeah no i'm the same way like if i hear an album and i like it clicks yeah there's some albums that i like on their release day or the day that it clicks like i probably listen to it like five times through yeah Um, yeah i do that too and i love that when you first find something and you're in that phase of like there's like a sweet spot where it's like i'm listening to this all the time and then you're like now i know it and it's like oh i really want to hear that song and then it gets to a point where you're like i am I need to put this down for yeah, a while. Yeah. I've had too much of this for now. Do you um, ever find something that you hit that point where most things you would say, okay, I need to put this down. Do you ever find the thing or have you ever found a thing where you hit that point and you're like, yeah, but I can keep going. Uh, Yeah, I'm sure I have. I mean, I would say this album is probably one of those. That's why I'm like, I don't think I'll actually stop listening to it because <laughs> I've, mm-hmm. I've been going on it pretty hard for a while and I listen to other stuff, but I'll always jump back to it. Like, there's certain songs on this album that 
I could listen to a million times. Yeah. And this is one of them. I just love how much energy that song has. Um, Do you remember how you were introduced to the Stone Roses or this album? Um, yeah. Well, I remember the first... Um, this is a really lame way to get introduced to something, <laughs> but <clears throat> I was watching like a pretty bad documentary on Netflix about <laughs> um, like the Manchester uh, United soccer team. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was about like, like they're like, uh, I guess it was their heyday um, with like young David Beckham and, mm-hmm. uh, who gives a shit who the other guys were? I don't, I don't know. I'm not like a, I'm not really like an Anglophile or a soccer fan. Yeah. I don't know why I watched it, but they, he was talking about, it was like David Beckham and he's like, Oh, isn't it exciting? Cause you know, he sounds like this. Like, isn't it exciting time to be in Manchester in the early nineties, you know, stone roses and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, stone roses. He's saying that like, I who know who that is. Mm-hmm. Who is that? And then they started playing one of the tracks in the background. I was like, that sounds fucking cool. <laughs> uh, and it was the song Waterfall off mm-hmm. of uh, the same album, their self-titled album. And I like downloaded it immediately, played that, and then I checked out the rest of the album and um, and yeah, just was like, oh shit, this is really good. And yeah. played it a lot. So nice. when you first heard this, when you were watching the documentary, yeah. <laughs> who, who were you? Who was Kevin Cobbs at that age? That was like two years ago. <laughs> I was like, and how in the exactly. same apartment. Uh, yeah, I same fucking guy, man. Just a little older, and my hair is longer, and cool. Have about the same amount of money, but uh, yeah, I don't know. What's um, it? What's it like for you um, getting into bands when you're like already an adult? Because there's definitely a different experience, I think discovering something you like a lot yeah. when you know you're already kind of along in life and already have a lot of shit you like yeah versus when you're a teenager and everything is brand new and amazing right i mean <clears throat> i yeah i i like th- i've put a lot of value into like finding new stuff to like because mm-hmm. i've always i don't know i as much as i love my parents they I, when i was growing up i feel like they they like wouldn't like a movie if it was made after 1975 <laughs> or a band or it's just mm-hmm. like, they just seem very closed off. Like, no, the best music was in the sixties, the best movies. And I kind of just was like, yeah, they're right. And then mm-hmm. got to a certain age was like, wait, no, that's a fucking shitty attitude to have <laughs> towards art and like music and movies and stuff. So I've actively, I've, I've pretty actively try to, not have that attitude and be yeah. open to stuff and and I what I was a DJ in college Ooh, yeah at the college radio station uh WRAS album 88 uh left on the dial right on the music 100,000 <laughs> watt voice of Georgia State University so anyway that helped with like finding new music and yeah I got into like local music in Atlanta and yeah got into going to live shows a lot <laughs> and yeah, so I don't know. I don't remember what the question was. No, but no, no. That's <laughs> just about like. But yeah, that trying, difference trying in discovering to, stuff yeah. and being yeah. 
kind of like keeping at it, which I think is the hardest thing as we, you know, get older and stuff. But like yeah. you said, it's like your dad probably stopped listening to music when he had kids. Right. And, or which music, I understand. You know? If I had kids, uh, I'd be yeah. like, I got bigger fish to fry, but yeah. I and, don't. Yeah. And that's normal. I can remember like, you know, your parents and, <clears throat> and, you know, ourselves, we have probably like the same types of things we like as time goes on. Like chances are, I'm not gonna all of a sudden get really into bebop if I've never liked bebop. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't know, man. I brought this bebop compilation for you. Um, but like, I remember, you know, my dad's always liked. I grew up listening to a lot of country music and a lot of um, like stuff adjacent to that. But then all of a sudden, it was just bluegrass. Like, mm-hmm. I turned 13, and for whatever reason, my dad was just like. Screw country music. <laughs> he still liked a lot of it, but I think he just like for whatever reason just dove into bluegrass, which he'd always kind of liked, and that became his genre for years, like up until now, I would say. Yeah. Um, and it's just kind of wild where it was like, yeah, he was I don't know in his mid or late forties and just kind of like really got into a genre. Does he play <clears throat> play an instrument? Is he a musician? Yeah, he can play guitar and mandolin and some banjo okay does he play with like a bluegrass band no he'll go to there's a where he lives in vermont a couple towns over there's this restaurant called the barn what's up barn (laughs) barn (laughs) you can't guess it's a restaurant the barn barn, a barn oh cool yeah is that the one right by the restaurant it's off the road it's off the road (laughs) it's the barn the restaurant and the The grocery store yeah 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 um but every Wednesday there is like a bluegrass and traditional music like a picking party, as they are known, and he just shows up to that every week. And so it's like you play with the same group of guys, but yeah. everyone kind of has the songs that they do. I had a friend, and uh, he was from Rome, Georgia, which is like a small town, and his dad went to a picking party. Yeah. Like he was a regular yeah. at that too. It wasn't at the barn. I think it was at uh, the silo. The spot. <laughs> the silo and the spot. Um, but that's cool. So, yeah, you got to be into music in Atlanta, mm-hmm. um, which is a great place that you're from. Oh, it's it's lovely. Check uh, it out. As we've already talked about a little bit. But um, how do you think that influenced, you know, like growing up in the South even, especially a major metropolitan area in the South, how do you yeah. think that influenced your taste in music and you know, uh, I mean, art and entertainment. In yeah, general. no, I. Uh, well, obviously, Atlanta is like a huge hip hop, uh, like mecca. I would mm-hmm. say. Um, I actually had a friend in town from Atlanta this past weekend, and he was trying to tell me he's like Atlanta's the mecca of all music and culture right now, <laughs> and I was like, no, man, <laughs> it's it's a mecca anyway. Uh, but it, it it definitely is like. The, you know, famous for hip hop. And like, I, I feel like if you were from it, and this might be true of everywhere, but especially Atlanta where I grew up, um, which was like in the city, um, at a certain point, everyone I knew just had, uh, outcasts like Aquemini and AT aliens. Yeah. And I associate like Aquemini. I, when I first got my license and I was driving, um, like, my parents jeep around mm-hmm. and just playing Aquemini over and over and feeling like I was the coolest fucking guy <laughs> in the world. But, uh, so yeah, like outcast is huge for everyone from Atlanta. Um, pretty much everyone. And then 
like yeah, I said I found out I found a lot of local bands later, like in college when I moved back to Atlanta for school. But I never really got that in the country until um like my mom was kinda into country music and I always kinda just was like, Because she liked the old stuff and it yeah. just sounded so old. I was I don't know, I kinda and it reminded me of just like the parts of the South I at that time didn't like. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't until later, again in college, I started a comedy country band, which I still have, called the Great American Country Drifters. Oh, yeah. And we would write comedy country songs. And through writing country, I was like, oh, man, I really like country music. And kind of went back and got really into, and the same stuff I didn't like when I was a kid, I I started to love, like that old country, mm-hmm. um, you know, we're talking. Who are we talking? Hank Williams. Hank Williams. Loretta um, Lynn. Lo- love Loretta Dolly Lynn. Parton. Dolly Lover. Um, Waylon Jennings. Mm-hmm. Little Outlaw. Outlaw Country. Willie. Yeah, Willie Nelson. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All of it. There's a lot all of the great different stuff. Yeah. So was it? What was it about the country music? Like when you started writing it, that sort of changed your perspective on it. I think through writing it, I thought about aspects of it and was like, oh, there's actually a lot of stuff that I love in other music, but for some reason I don't like. And I, I think it was sort of a, not to get all psychological and shit, but there's probably some (laughs) embedded, like, uh, not self hate, but just like, I obviously I moved to New York city. I thought I was too good for the South. So, I like. I think I just was like, "Oh, these. This is music for like rednecks who drive trucks and yeah. shit." Yeah. Um, and which is a shitty attitude because <laughs> yeah. it is. It's great music and. But also, you know, you're from a big city. Yeah. And I would imagine that uh, country's reign is probably like weakest in Atlanta. like a downtown metropolitan area. Yeah. Compared to for sure. all the areas around it. Yeah, know? I mean, but you don't have to go far. Yeah. In Atlanta. Of course outside of Atlanta for people to be really into it. And then also like there are also the people who are in Atlanta who, you know, like probably like a lot of cities where they kind of like play up the country, their own countryness. Like sure. they wear like a belt buckle, but really they, they work in finance. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Like I, yeah, I went for two years to a Catholic high school mm-hmm. and it was like various middle-class kids at this high school but they were from like suburban atlanta and their parents it's a fucking catholic school yeah right? and their yeah, parents yeah. are probably from the midwest or new york or something and they're like driving a truck to school and doing dip and i was just like hey, give me a break like yeah yeah you're i'm not- trying to think of what that is in boston where I'm from. <laughs> but honestly, it's probably just wearing like a Celtics jersey with no shirt underneath it or something. Yeah. Like, uh, just some sad attempt to be like tougher. Yeah, yeah. It's like whatever yeah. the macho thing is of the the region, there's like a certain yeah. kind of uh, guy who embraces it and it's like, it's so clearly phony, you know? Yeah. I'm know. trying to think back to my high school. And the where, only thing I'm where are you from again? Pat? I'm from Pelham, so West, Lower Westchester. Okay. Uh, and straight up, the only thing I can picture in my head is Armani Exchange t-shirts. Oh, uh, yeah. Sweatbands in their hair and enough hair gel, I don't know, to make their hair 
stand up stand <laughs> through a shower. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, did you ever see, do you remember that Flight of the Concords episode where they like find hair gel and like think it makes them really cool and they go through like a gallon of it in a day? <laughs> like that, but in real life. Okay. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I want to be able to pitch an episode of TV. That's the premise of the episode. They find a, they find a, a gallon of hair gel. <laughs> and they put a lot of it in their hair. But I think uh, it's, it's interesting because I think that sort of also just connects to um, like when we're teenagers f- taking music and using it to define your own identity mm-hmm. and then seeing something like country or you know something different and you're mm-hmm. like well no I don't like that because that's not me yeah well yeah yeah and exactly. then sort of like growing up and going okay well that's not me but also I really like that yeah yeah I think so and also like uh you know I do have like my dad's family is all from the south and like rural south so it is I think it's also just sort of like embracing you know the roots a little bit like mm-hmm. uh and it realizing like oh this is actually good you know music that's been in this part of the country for a long time yeah and uh and then yeah and then i like a lot of country i don't like a ton of the newer country but some of it i do <laughs> yeah a lot of it sucks but i think they're actually starting to come back around There's yeah been some artists in the last few years that are like <clears throat> realizing i think that modern country really blows yeah they're like trying to do something about it yeah like um for i based uh for one of our recent recordings the guy who engineered it based the sound he like played me <clears throat> florida georgia line mm-hmm. that song mm-hmm. cruise uh <laughs> and it's just like um it's just like a big thumping beat and it's like this is not in any way country which is fine like i don't think it has to stick people they can do whatever they want with it but it's just it seems like it's just rap for rednecks is basically (laughs) y'all can listen to rap too now we got these two dudes with a truck hell yeah dude yeah that is uh that is what it seems like sometimes for sure (laughs) but uh but yeah my my favorite genre of country is like I did the Country Music Hall of Fame in Nashville. Oh, cool. Really cool. And um, I love the... It was cool walking through... They had a bunch of costumes of performers. Mm-hmm. And if, do you know Nudie Suits? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Did they have like a Graham Parsons one or something? They had his. Uh, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. And it was so cool. Uh, and it was just a funny contrast because there was like that, these like, <clears throat> I don't know, really ostentatious, yeah. crazy outfits. And then you get to like the current one and it's like here's luke bryan's t-shirt from his 2015 <laughs> tour literally is like what it was trying really hard yeah it's like yeah. Tr- overly compensating like trying to seem blue collar yeah. i guess where mm-hmm. it's like the actual blue collar musicians from back in the day were like going over the top like right to look I don't know, whatever. Yeah, you wanted, they wanted to stand out. They wanted to look yeah. flashy. I mean, like, Graham is from a particular moment, I think, in country music's history of crossover. Like, mm-hmm. <clears throat> Graham was really, you know, kind of a rock and roll dude yeah. who fell in love with country music and sort of, uh, for better or for worse, you know, in the history of country music, he kind of bridged that gap quite a bit. And yeah. then we got a lot of Kenny Rogers and Eagles. later Era Dolly and Eagles. And um, 
But his stuff you was could, good. Yeah, his stuff's amazing, but he could be responsible for some of the greatest <laughs> yeah. sins of country music. He might be patient zero, sort of, you know? Yeah, um, and he's yeah. from Georgia, too, right? I think um, he's from, like, South Georgia. Um, he may be, but he got, like, his big musical start in California, I right. would say. Um, yeah. Or maybe he's from Florida, actually. Why do I think that? North Florida, maybe, South yeah. Georgia is basically the same. Um, <clears throat> but, but he is a guy who... I think like the things like the nudie suits and what a lot of like that era of country came to be was a bit of this attempt to cross over was yeah. like, Hey, you should be looking at us. Even when we're playing simple music, maybe we're like right. as exciting yeah. as these rock and roll dudes. Yeah. I don't know why. I just love those fucking jumpsuits. They're great. Like, they're great. Like, Jenny like, Lewis that's my brought favorite. Back a few years ago when she was doing like some con- Jenny Lewis um, from Rilo Kylie. Okay. She was doing some like country ish albums and uh, she had one like really great. I think it was like either an album cover or a poster. That was like her in a nudie suit. I think they're so cool. Yeah. Uh, and I love Elvis's like I love that jumpsuit era yeah. of Elvis where he does karate on stage. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, oh. um, I'm actually our band. We met the other night, and I was like, because I just got back from yeah. my trip, and I was like, we got to get nudie suits. <laughs> and my bandmate was like, oh, I could probably get my mom to sew some i'm like yes because i guess his mom like that's next level dude i mean (laughs) you guys would really be setting it off i think i think it's coming um what uh did you get to see any music in new orleans i did i saw okay so um we stayed my dad and i stayed in the french quarter Mm mm-hmm and we went to what we thought was Preservation Hall um, <laughs> because it's f- fucking bullshit. What they do is, I don't know if, if you saw this when you went, but the famous Preservation Hall is mm-hmm. on, it was like on our street. It was uh-huh. uh, St. Peter, I think, mm-hmm. and which is right next to Bourbon Street, or it's like yeah, it's perpendicular. Right around the corner. <clears throat> but they have another, like, just like literally... I don't know, five doors down, there's another place that has a sign that says like preservation hall, but mm-hmm. it's like purposely misleading to yeah. me to think, Oh, this is that famous place. Right. So like we went in there and just like sat down, got drinks. It was good music. It was good jazz. Yeah. Like New Orleans jazz. But then we walked by like the next <clears throat> night, the real one. Yeah. It was like, Oh, that was, <laughs> but we also, my buddy who lives down there took me to see, um, uh, we went to Frenchman Street yeah. and saw some blues and then nice. um, saw a Treme band, mm-hmm. um, which was really cool. And and in Nashville, I went. I saw some really good country at uh, Robert's Western World, which I recommend. Nice. It's like good old school country. Not the honky tonk, but donkey donk, oh, which is a lot of what that strip is there. Yeah, but. it's a lot of honky tonk, but donkey donk, and uh, can I have sex with my truck? <laughs> <laughs> Will you allow it? <laughs> is it legal? I'm probably going to do it anyway. I'm on the daily anyway. <laughs> um, well, uh, I'm sure many listeners have noticed, Kevin, you are known as the man of a dozen voices. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> Only a dozen. one dozen. <laughs> No more, no less. <laughs> the man of a dozen voices. But um, uh, as we kind of wrap up here, you're performing in the city all the time. Oh yeah. Um, what it, you you do you do like to do a lot of characters though? Oh, I and, love it. Um, what it uh, yeah? How did that kind of develop though? I think is like a thing you, you know artistically you freaking love. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, why, why, why does that speak to you? Um, I guess I think I, I just inherited the voices, like the ability to do them from my father. Yeah. Because <laughs> he used to do a bit where my parents would do a bit where my mom would call out an accent and he would just start going into mm-hmm. that accent in gibberish. And he would just jump oh, yeah. between all of them. Um, and he's a real ham. So I think that's like the, but uh, then I, I don't know. I just gravitate to more like cartoonish humor, yeah, yeah. I guess. And um, and then I came to New York City and started doing improv where instructors started beating that out of me. Mm-hmm. Um, rightfully so, like (laughs) tried to get me the ability to actually act like a human on stage. And then I was like, cool, I can do that. Now let me do this dumbass. (laughs) So I, it's all about balance. Yeah. You know, like you, you gotta, sometimes you just gotta do Bill Clinton. (laughs) Was it a thing that like, uh, your dad was doing on the radio or just like, uh, yeah, he actually, he played me from when he was a uh, DJ in like the seventies, because uh, he would do. He was he had this comedy. I, he just played it back for me when I was like younger, um, and it was like him doing all of these different voices and sound effects, but trying to make it seem like a real broadcast. He's like, mm. "Hey, we're gonna go live to Chopper <laughs> Dan. Chopper Dan, uh, what's the traffic looking like?" And it was like. Like, oh, hey there, Dad. And like, you heard the chopper, right. and there were just babies crying. <laughs> sure. Like, There's yeah. too many babies in this helicopter, Don. And it was just like an insane comedy bit. But uh, yeah, I think he would do that on the air. And in hindsight, like, I, this is one of my biggest regrets is when I was a college DJ, I didn't do a dumb voice. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I should have been like, hey, welcome back to WRS. Because it just would have been fun to fuck with everyone listening to a college <laughs> station like what the hell is this it's usually just dead air and an awkward 20 yeah. year old so well i'm sure you could probably find a job at a college radio station these days <laughs> yeah. so. you guys hiring 31 year old men <laughs> i applied to work at the radio station at my college and never heard back Oof. so you know you, you gotta know i knew somebody All i right. think that helped but can't all do it I, I remember I went to my college partially because of the radio station. Not that it was good or famous at all. Just because they like had I, one? I toured it, and it was like a relatively – it was in the campus center, and it was a relatively newly built facility. Mm-hmm. So they actually like – it actually was kind of decent and had windows that looked out onto the bottom floor of the campus center. So if oh. you were in the booth, you were like – there were people watching oh, you do cool. your so shows. Oh, cool. So you were like doing You could thing. like wave and stuff. Um, and it was actually kind of visible, <clears throat> even though – the broadcast radius must have been like one square mile. Like a very <laughs> well, weak station. Our station, because it was downtown Atlanta, yeah. it broadcast all over the city. So it was cool. actually like a big deal. But I did I did the midnight or um, the graveyard shift because yeah. you have to start yeah. with that. And it was 2 a.m. to 6 a.m. Oh, boy. And it was like you were the only pr- – it was kind of terrifying because it, it was cool and terrifying because it was you were the only person in this – studio and there's like one window to this hallway and it's like the basement of one of the campus buildings and i would you'd never see anyone during the graveyard shift but it would always be at like 4 30 a.m 5 you'd see 
a janitor walk by and it would scare the shit out of me every time. Cause I was like, hadn't seen another human being for yeah. hours. And it was like, not the safest part of town. Yeah, you know? yeah. So was there, was there a number people could call? Did you get like late night yeah. calls? Yeah. Yeah. The, you, you'd give out the number and people could, even though I couldn't really take requests, like by that point it was mostly digital and, I could slip stuff in, but only a certain amount. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, people call in. I, I never, I probably got a couple of weird calls, but the most memorable thing that happened was cause I was on, it was regular rotation. So I'm just playing what they, <coughs> this, the program director put in the system and then occasionally dropping some of my own stuff in. But this song came on and I can't remember the band, but it was like a one and a half minute song. And in the last 10 seconds, it was like, um, basically every curse word <laughs> you can say and it was like you know it was pretty filthy <laughs> and we were highly watched like the our the guy who ran the whole station was like if you let some of that stuff fly FCC is going to come down on you and you're responsible for the fine and anyway yeah. I just remember the other DJ who was on his way in called and he's like what the hell was that, man? <laughs> and I was like, I don't know. It just it played. It was in the system. It was not my fault. And he's like, heads are gonna fucking roll, man. <laughs> and like, wow, the morning guys really. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I think he was probably pissed because he's the six to eight guy, right. and yeah, he was sort of hot, uh, sure. hot tempered, as you could tell by that story. He'd always be like, man, it's bullshit. What's happening? And anyway, nothing happened. <laughs> Nothing at all. Like no heads. The rolled. odds that F's, that anyone who cares is listening at five thirty in the morning are small. Right. Yeah, I think so. I so well, Kev. Thanks for joining us. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh god, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. It's wonderful to have you. Um, where can people in New York or people that have the internet see you and uh, check out what you're doing? Um. People in New York can see me. I have a show running right now at the UCB Theater. It's all stuff I wrote, and it's just me and a couple other friends, but mostly me. And it's, it's a great show. Jet Comes to Cobbsville. Thank great you. Show. Thank you. Um, it'll be at the UCB Hell's Kitchen Theater whenever that opens. Mm -hmm. Shortly. Soon, weeks, right? Yeah. I don't know. By the time this podcast comes out, it will be open. Okay, cool. So it'll be brand new. It'll have yeah. that fresh theater smell. And then at the Magnet Theater, I perform every Thursday night with the music industry. And I direct a lovely sketch team oh. called The Executives every Friday night at 7 p.m. at the Magnet Theater. They're pretty good. They're I've pretty good. never heard of them. They're pretty good. All uh, right. I'll, uh, I'll take your word for and it. And people should check out the uh, Great American Country Drifters. Oh, please do. Yeah, a great a great uh, comedy country band. Yes, on the internet. Check us out. We've got a website. We've got music videos. We got tunes. We got T-shirts for sale. We got it all. Yeah, it's all really good stuff. Um, and you're only, you guys are your minds are going to be blown. What comes out in the future from these guys? Oh, I think so. And I think someone here might be involved in some way, but who can say? All right, Kev. Thanks so much. And until next time. It repeat. Repeater is hosted by Evan Ford Barden and Patrick Cartelli. 
This episode was recorded at Magnet Training Center in New York City, where they offer classes in improv, musical improv, sketch writing, storytelling, and more. Find out more at magnettheater.com. Visit us online at repeater.show for live dates, hot music tips, and show archives. Theme music by the Sun Lions. Everything else by Love Nest Productions. Welcome to Repeater. Repeater.